welcome to Whatever It Takes, a Degrassi podcast in which we talk about every episode of Degrassi The Next Generation. Um, if you guys want to follow along, everything is on YouTube, which is awesome. Um, so welcome to season two. So excited. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season two, episodes one and two, two-parter, One Doves Cry. So Kelsey, please, please read us the episodes, episode summary. Okay, so according to the Degrassi wiki, summer's over and the Degrassi kids are back, dot, 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 in droves. A neighboring high school has amalgamated with the junior high and things are a bit of a zoo. Degrassi alumni Joey Jeremiah and his small daughter Angela are objects of someone's attention, someone who is spying on them and taking photographs. Meanwhile, JT's a man on a mission. This year, he's going to land an older woman and his chosen challenge, Paige Michaelchuk. When Paige agrees to go out with him, he thinks he is scored until he discovers the real reason why she is out on the date. So this is long, but it's a two-part episode, so that's fair synopsis-wise. Um, it's, I mean, it's a fine synopsis, I guess. It's, it's like, purposely misleading. Amalgamated is maybe a little too clunky of a word for a short synopsis. And also, I like that they clarify his small daughter. <laughs> like, that's important. Yeah, but it didn't give away, like, the entire episode like it usually does. So I can appreciate them trying to be a little bit more coy on this one. They're improving their synopsis game. Can you tell us a little bit about the episode title? Well, the episode title, When Doves Cry, is a Prince song, R.I.P. to the man, the symbol, the legend, what have you. But, yeah, that's a pretty famous song. (laughs) It's about... Fighting. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. I think it's pretty fitting for the episode. And what a fucking episode it was. Well, two episodes because we watched both. And so we're just going to do this one podcast about the two together because this is not one that you want to stop in the middle, like at all. It's like it finished and we were like, boom, on to the next one. We're ready because it is fucking heavy. You guys, it goes there. This is like the real beginning of, oh shit, Degrassi is not pulling any punches. It is now going there. It This is like, it's really setting the tone for like what the rest of Degrassi is going to be. And I am here for it. So let's, we open up and someone is taking photos of Emma playing with this little girl who we've never seen before. Fun fact, Cassie Steele, aka Manny's actual little sister, um, is the actress playing Angela. So, and it then it, so all these creepy photos, because it's creepy, like a lot of this episode is like, Craig seems like a little bit like a child predator and it's alarming. And I think that they're doing that on purpose, but it's alarming. I know. I forgot how creepy the photo taking is. It was, and they would play weird music over it that would just make you feel so uncomfortable and... But it's just like, oh, no, he's just a sad little teenager who wants to be with his family, but, like, can't really for troubling reasons. And it is. It is. It's fucking troubling. But then we zoom in on his beautiful face and 14-year-old me, like, swooned. Like, I'm a little bit dead now and I feel a little creepy. But it's like the way that Holland feels about Sean is the way that I feel about Craig. So I'm just like a little bit dying. 
and he has the leather jacket. We'll get into Fashion Police, but he's just, he's there. He's got great hair. He's got great cheekbones. Holland and I saw him in a play recently. He holds up, man. He looks fucking good, and now he's age-appropriate. I know. I felt slightly creepy throughout the whole episode swooning over Craig. I just kept telling myself it was my 15-year-old self swooning over Craig because Jake Epstein is 15 in this episode in real life. Yeah, no, it's not great. It's not great for me. Um, I'm not proud of it. But it's definitely like 14-year-old me just being like, oh, my God, Craig. I just I want to talk about Craig forever. I mean, so it starts with that. And then so Craig is taking photos. And then he goes home to his dad, who calls him Craiger, which was a weird move. I was like, what? Um, He calls him Craiger. And Craig is late for dinner. And he's, like, screaming at him. And it's, like, it's a very intense situation. Like, you you can tell, like, nothing is good here, basically. Nothing good. His dad is creepy and kind of an ass. Well, and an asshole and very douchebaggy. But also, did you notice he kind of looks like the hybrid? Like, the actor who plays him looks like a hybrid of Ted Allen, a.k.a. the host of Chopped, a.k.a. the food guy from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and John Corbett, who plays Aiden on Sex in the City. He looks like their love child. Yes. Oh, my God. I was watching Chopped Jr. recently, and I was like, why does this guy look so familiar? And that is it. And I really... I, I, I don't want to jump into Fashion Police too early, but I have so many people. Like, I have so many things I need to say. Um, well, first of all, that scene ends, and then we get, like, the titles, and it's heavy as hell. Like, that is a heavy ending scene. But the titles now include Joey Jeremiah and Craig. So we know that we are in for it this season. I'm ready. It's great. I'm fucking psyched. Um, so that's happening. But so can we talk about fashion? I really would love to get into the fashion place. First of all, my first fashion note is Craig's leather jacket. And then I actually drew out the heart eyes emoji. (laughs) Yes. I think I wrote down, of course, Craig is wearing a leather jacket. Um, Everybody has braces now. Emma has braces now. Toby has braces now. Everyone's just getting their shit together. Um, Craig's dad is he ha- like he looks good in glasses. Like I don't want to be like this monster looks good. He looks good in glasses, but he wears these teeny tiny sunglasses anytime he's outside that look crazy. Like they're way too small for his eyes and it like is alarming. And JT is also wearing the same kind of teeny tiny sunglasses that like the beginning of the episode when they're getting to school, which also I those don't look good on anybody, so why was that a trend? Also JT has like kind of gelled spiky hair now, as was the trend. I don't miss that trend. Um, Sean, in his first scene, like when he, or second scene, whatever, when he's walking into the classroom, he has like a chain attached to his jeans. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Sean, you're so the chain attached to the jeans guy. And Emma's hair looks good in both episodes. Like, her hair game is on point. She looks awesome. It's like this great updo, like half up, like half updo situation. But she looks good. She even looks cute with, with like, the braces. Yeah, she's looking good. Everyone is noticeably older looking. Like, Toby's voice is deeper, which is kind of creepy. But also, Paige, her first outfit, we see her, and she's in a butterfly crop top. She has on, like, rhinestone sunglasses, and she has... 
her blue makeup box purse and her clear blue backpack. Paige is just being Paige. I wasn't crazy about really any of her outfits in this episode. I liked her sunglasses. Um, I hated her purple crop top with the low-rise jeans because she's a pretty girl and it's just not a good look for her. It was just like, I was like, there's too much skin happening. Like there's, I, but it was also the time period was like you could do like a low crop top with low-rise jeans and it was fine. Whereas now I feel like most of the time like if we wear crop tops, we're also wearing like high-waisted jeans. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a time period thing. But I didn't think it was a great look for her. Um, but her, her whole like – well, we don't have to talk about hair. Um, we'll talk about her hair later because that's a literal plot line. <laughs> um, but speaking of hair, Terry looks like she's wearing a wig. But her makeup looks great. Yeah, I was going to say Terry's hair is down for the first time. Like for like the first – one of the few times that it has been. Um, also, but I do, I did like Paige's little initial necklace. Um, I, yeah. de- I think everybody, every girl our age has had like some type of initial necklace. I also remember like the initial handbag trend as well. Yeah. Um, JT is wearing the loudest shirt that I've ever seen in my life. It's so, so orange. It's so orange. Although um, I did like Paige's sunglasses, actually. I'll say that. Like all of her like like weird – they're just very like 2001. They're so good though. They're like kind of colored sometimes and it's a whole thing. Um, I don't know if this would be technically included in the fashion police, but because it's probably a tool used in the group therapy we see later, but they're all wearing like weird, funny hats. Like, but like it, the first hat we see is Ms. Kwan is wearing like a sparkly marching band hat. And then it's like, that's the first thing we see without any really context. I don't remember if Ashley was even wearing a hat, but then uh, Craig is wearing like a Viking helmet hat and everyone's just wearing weird hats. Yeah, I made notes about that, too, because I was just like, why is this happening? But we'll get to that, I guess. Um, Paige's incognito hoodie for her date is crazy and, like, kind of perfect. I've worn that outfit, like, when I'm, like, not feeling well, but I have to leave the house to, like, go to the pharmacy. Like, that has been my clothes. So I'm like, yeah, that that, that tracks. Yeah, and then later when... Spinner and Hazel are, are like wearing their sunglasses and being like really mean. I think I wrote down and we found the new mob of Degrassi. <laughs> oh God. And Ashley in her brief appearance is wearing like a camo shirt, but, and her hair is like slightly different. Like you can, I, th- I think you, she's like on the precipice of like making changes. She's starting to look like a different person, which is good. It's a, It's a good thing. We'll see what happens. So, I mean, can we close out Fashion Police? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, So, Joey, Jeremiah, and Craig are in the titles. They get to school. It's the first day of school, and we learn that Degrassi is now, like, Degrassi High is no longer, and they have to consolidate the middle school and all of, like, the high school into one school so it's like a madhouse but it means craig is here 
Yay, Craig. I don't understand that, though, like logistically. Like, wouldn't they get rid of the middle school because it's like a it's I feel like that's more of like an unnecessary thing as to a high school. Can they even get rid of a high school? I'm assuming that maybe their high school like like there might have been like budget cuts or something that led to the closing down the high school and maybe it made more financial sense to just like divide all those high school students into like all of the middle schools in the area and just growing all of the middle schools but I have no idea it's weird and crazy and doesn't fully make sense but that's fine um so we're at the school JT and Toby are walking up JT is still gross he's talking about how he's gonna land an older woman just like no you're not you're very you're you're terrible and then Manny and Emma see Craig and they're like, oh, damn. And then they high five wearing boxing gloves and it's never explained or brought up again. I know. I remember noticing that. I was like, wait, what? Uh, OK, we're not talking about that. I don't understand. Maybe they had to bring them for P.E. I have no idea why you would need to bring boxing gloves on the first day of school. Maybe Mr. Simpson gave them a heads up. Who knows? But yeah, right off the bat, literally everybody in the school is swooning over Craig. Like you hear like random voices in the hallway going like, ooh, who's the new kid? Oh my God. Yeah, which is like fair, super fair because damn. But like these girls are forward. Like I feel like I would have like shyly stared across a room and been like <laughs> creepy owl eyes at him. Like I don't think I would have been like, hey, cutie. Like that's literally a thing someone says. Like who are you? And then Craig like accidentally bumps into Sean in the hallway and Sean right off the bat is like, hey, man, is this a school or a zoo or da 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 da. He makes a weird blind joke. I wasn't on board for it. Mm, yeah, not great. And then Craig's like, no, I'm just lost. And then he's like, why don't you get a map? He's like, I have one already. And then, <laughs> <Sad> <laughs> Craig. And then, and then like these girls walk past Craig and they're like, ooh, hi. And then Sean is like, ooh, I'm going to be friends with this dude because he can get me chicks, I guess. I mean, I don't think Sean had that problem to begin with. No, but I mean, I wrote down Sean and Craig are a power duo. <laughs> I love them so much. And I feel like it's not super long lasting, which makes me sad. Yeah, I want them to be friends forever, but I don't think that happens. But Jimmy is so jealous of Craig (laughs) and Sean. And he like he lashes out to Sean right away, which is like, whatever, Jimmy, fucking get over yourself. And then Spinner like makes fun of them for being friends. I just I'm like I'm over both of them already. And it's barely season two. Speaking of Spinner, he's like noticeably lost some of the pudge, which is interesting. Good for him. But hopping over to the grade sevens, uh, Toby has created this creepy fucking computer program called the Isaac System, which matches. He uses it to match JT with his best like older lady match. And it matches him with Terry. And as Toby says, She's pretty, she's older, and she has a pulse. Perfect for you. And, like, JT would be so fucking lucky. Like, Terry would not, like, I mean, granted, Terry also had a thing for Spinner. So Terry's choices in men, especially as we'll see later, not awesome. But still, she's too good for JT. 
She's also too good for Spinner, but she's too good for JT. And JT's like, I need a challenge. I'm like, Terry would be a challenge. Like, <laughs> but he's like, Paige. And I'm like, oh no, that is not going to work out well for you, man. Especially because a, he has a 0.03% success rate with Paige, according to Toby's dumb program. But he proceeds anyway. And he hits on Paige, like, in front of school. And she's like, uh, no, goodbye, it. She just calls him it the entire time. But Paige, meanwhile, is having a crisis with her hair. She has a mullet, which I don't think it looks like a mullet, but it does not look good. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great hairstyle for her, but it's almost kind of, like, very clearly her normal hair. And they just, like, messed it up weird and put it up weird. Like, she does not have a mullet. No, but whatever, it's fine. She probably needs a haircut, and I get it. Um, but like, bitch, just do your fucking chores. Yeah. Um, I think we should just cover like the dumb page JT storyline, and then get into the Craig one because it's so much more interesting. But so Hazel and Spinner are like, "Ooh, he really likes you. Oh, he's so gross. And I know you need money for a haircut, and you don't want to do chores." So we're going to pay you to go on a date with JT so you can get your hair cut. And she's like, ugh, fine. And I mean, and JT is like doing all these. He's like, can I carry your bag for you? And she's like, what? And it's like, JT, that's not how you woo a woman. Like, you're not like, can I carry your stuff and follow you around everywhere you go? Like, no, that's creepy and weird. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's shitty. Anytime anyone like makes a bet on a relationship, it's like this is a weird plot device and I always hate it and it always feels mean. Um, And so she's like, meet me at the mall, movie and a bite, your treat, which is like such a page sentence (laughs) that like it's unreal. Um, So they... So JT's like, yes, I did it. I'm going to go out with Paige. And Toby looks the most confused, which is fair. (laughs) Um, And they go to the mall and she's incognito. Yeah. And then they get their food and JT tells a cheerleading joke to last year's Spirit Squad captain. And it's not that great. I don't even remember what it is. Um, I remember because it was terrible. It is... um, so what's what's a cheerleader's favorite drink? Root beer. And she was like, you're going to tell that joke to the former spirit squad captain, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not even offensive to cheerleaders. It's just a dumb joke. It's like it's like a Laffy Taffy joke. You know, it's like it's bad. It's like not good. And then she tells a joke that is offensive to other cheerleaders, <laughs> but is like kind of funny. And JT laughs and she laughs. It's a very short date. Like, it is, like, the tiniest, tiniest B-plot. Yeah, but I mean, like, any B-plot in this episode had to have been this tiny and inconsequential because the Craig stuff was so heavy. But, yeah, she tells a joke, kind of slut-shaming other cheerleaders, and then she makes JT laugh, and then she laughs, and then Degrassi Mafia, Hazel, and Spinner come over, and they're like, Oh my god, you don't have to do this anymore. I can't believe it looks like you're having fun. And then they like pay her the money in front of JT. And he's like, oh my god, you got paid to go out with me? And then Paige is just like, sue me and then leaves. Which is the best response. Like, I like that she wasn't hanging out like, I'm so sorry. Because it's like, she's not going to totally change her mind on him. Um, She's like, yeah, no, this is what this is. What this is. <laughs> like, why would you expect it to be anything else? But it was nice. The next day, she like goes up to him and she's like, "I'm sorry. I feel kind of guilty." 
Um, but you know, if you were taller and older and more popular, you'd make a great date and I'd probably go out with you again. And then he like creepily asked her to kiss him and she was like, no. And he was like, please. And she was like, I guess. And she kisses him on the cheek. But I was like, that's gross. I don't like that. I don't like when people ask you to kiss them. It, I don't think it's romantic. If it feels right, fucking do it. And it did not feel right. Don't do that. And don't like try to blackmail her into kissing you because she feels guilty. That's that's fucked up. I hate that. Ugh. It was so creepy. But yeah. And then Paige says something to him like, oh, sorry, hon. I only date up. And I was just like, then why do you like fucking Spinner? That is a good point because Spinner is not dating up unless she's talking about just like height. <laughs> like if she's just talking about height, then yes, Spinner is dating up. But Spinner is dating down for everyone. Like I think I would rather date JT than Spinner and I don't like either of them. Yeah, not great. But that's the end of that plot line. Um, But so Sean and Craig kind of become friends, and it's adorable. But I think after – oh, so during school, Emma and Manny are, like, in the media immersion lab, and Craig comes in and is like, hey, Emma, oh, my God, you don't remember me from five years ago? Our moms made us dance. And then Emma realizes that – he is Joey Jeremiah's stepson and that she actually knows him. And Emma, always so bold and brave when it comes to talking to boys, is like, oh, hey, well, I'm babysitting your sister again after school. If you want to come with us, you can meet me in front of the school after school. I love Emma. She just doesn't give a shit. She's like, we already know each other. Let's hang out. And Manny is just there swooning and we're all Manny in that moment. But it's so sweet because like even though I'm like so on again off again when it comes to like the Craig Manny ship, I'm like this is a nice thing. I'm like it started so early. Just like day 1, she loved him right away, which is fair. But it's like it's it's so sweet and and um so Craig decides to go out with them um but before this, uh, there's a scene where he's in his, like, dark room in his home, which, as a photo major, is crazy, and I'm <laughs> so jealous. And he makes the perfect family photo album, and it's so sad because he's been following around Joey and Angela, and it's a little creepy, and, like, Joey, like, has seen him, and he like calls him out on it kind of and like he calls Craig's dad and it's oh it's just a whole thing but he like makes the perfect family photo album and um and but so Joey Jeremiah calls Craig's dad and that's how like one of the like beatings happens um and then Craig's dad goes to see Joey at like his car dealership and he like makes some sort of weird remark like he knows cars and he like is basically like you called me I don't want you to see my kid which like is shitty but we kind of learn earlier in the episode like via conversation with Craig that the whole like family tree scenario is Craig's mom was married to Craig's dad they had Craig and then, like, 10 years in or whatever, she left Craig's dad for Joey Jeremiah, which Craig's dad is like, she left a surgeon for a used car salesman. I'm like, yeah, but you're also an asshole. So, like, I get it. 
Yeah. And then, so then she married Joey Jeremiah and had Angela. And I'm just going to assume that while Craig's mom, and so, but his mom is dead now. As we should know by remembering Mother and Charlotte Reunion Parts 1 and 2 when Joey was all sad about his wife being dead. Wow, that sounded really crass, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, Julia. But I, but I can only assume that while Craig's mom was still alive, he probably hopped like back and forth between the two houses because he knows Joey and Angela very well. But I'm guessing after his mom died, he was just with his dad full time and was kind of trapped there. Which sucks. I just, I feel so much for Craig. I, I really do. I just feel so bad. He's in such a shitty situation. And like Joey's not making it easy. And I mean, I feel like he's doing the best he can. But he also has to respect Craig's dad's wishes. He doesn't know Craig's dad is a monster. But like, which is kind of surprising. Because I'm like, I feel like the, did the, did he, I wonder if like he became abusive after she left. Or if she left because he was abusive. But if she left because he was abusive, I feel like she would have tried to get Craig out of there. And also she probably would have told Joey. So he would have been more inclined to get Craig out of there. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that she didn't know. And that's why Craig is still with his dad at this point. Um, But yeah, so he confronts Joey at the car dealership unbeknownst to Craig and then like later that day this is like a different day and Craig goes over to Emma's house because her mom is having a birthday party and Joey's there and Angela's there and Manny and Emma they're all like hanging out and then Joey pulls Craig aside and is like um does your dad know you're here I know he doesn't want you to be here he talked to me he came to my car dealership and then Craig freaks out and is like oh my god and he goes home and he goes to look in his dark room and it's totally destroyed. His dad has like torn it apart. And then it's the awful abusive scene in the dark room. And it's very scary and it's very heavy and it was pretty hard to watch. It was traumatic. It was pretty rough. And then it ends like the episode ends and it ends like harsh like right on that scene and it's it's heavy it's sad it's a lot I mean I just feel so bad for Craig in that you know and then we pick up basically which is the case with um you know some abuse like a lot of abusive people actually you know I mean emotionally abusive physically abusive you hear about like people in abusive relationships where it's like They'll beat the shit out of you and then they'll try to like buy your affections back. And that's, and you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like they're really nice one minute and they're really horrible in the next. It's, it's shitty. So we're in the car with Craig and his dad and his dad gives him a bunch of money. He's basically buying him off and it's like, go buy a new camera because I broke your old one when I beat the shit out of you in your dark room in our basement. Like, fuck you. I just, I hate this guy. Um, and he's like, get a digital one. And I'm like, well, that's not better, but that's just a personal bias. So that's fine. Yeah. And, th- and then he's like, so we're square. And I was like, oh, no, fuck you. And then, but Craig is like, uh, yeah, square. And then he like runs out of the car. And so after, so at school, 
Emma and Craig talk and she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't, I wasn't eavesdropping, but I overheard and I didn't want to get you in trouble. And Craig's like, oh no, don't worry about it. And she's like, well, I'm babysitting again after school. And Joey didn't say you couldn't hang out with me, right? And she's just like, it's like, Emma, this is not your place. You have no boundaries. This is not a good idea. But I mean, that's Emma in a nutshell. She's trying to help everyone and save everyone. And she just doesn't fully understand most situations. And that's Emma. She just goes in to save without thinking. Um, And she... Is so like he leaves with her and she's riding his skateboard for a minute. I was like, Does Emma skateboard? What's happening? She's not good at it. I feel like it's not hers. Um, but we never see Craig skateboard. But also, if Craig does skateboard, that ties right into my taste when I was 14 years old in dudes. So this all checks out for Kelsey. Um, so they pick up Angela and Angela's like, I want to go to the park. And Emma's like, I have a lot of homework. The TV is going to help babysit. We're just going to go home. And Craig, like, convinces her to let them go to the park, which, like, I understand that Emma is, like, feeling kind of trapped into the situation, but she should have put her foot down. She's a kid. Like, she probably wouldn't even know where to begin. But it's super inappropriate. Like, it's not good. Very inappropriate. Emma, even if you, like, felt guilted into letting him take her, you should have also just gone to the fucking park with them. Like, do your math homework there. Like, make it so you're at least doing the job you're being paid to do. Um, But no. She's like, okay, go to the park. But I also think maybe she's like, well, he is her older brother. It's probably fine. Like, seventh grader or eighth grader logic. But still not great. But he takes Angie to the park, and they play, and Angela sees his bruise that he has, and he just tells her that a dinosaur attacked him, and then he gets, then the music gets creepy, and he's like, hey, do you remember going to British Columbia? And he, like, while he's buying her ice cream, she sees his big wad of money, and he's like, yeah, I remember British Columbia. It was so much fun. She's like, I don't remember. He's like, yeah, you were a baby. And then he starts talking about how they should get on a bus to go to British Columbia. And I'm like, Craig, you cannot kidnap your younger sister and take her to British Columbia. What are you doing? Yeah, it all seems like weirdly predatory. And I'm like, this is kidnapping. And like, he's young and he's fucked up. And we find out a lot of stuff about Craig later on that it's like, if you like once you know that and then you watch this episode, you're like, oh, a lot of that tracks like he's already showing like signs. And I wonder if like they had that planned out this early, but it seems like they must have because it's very like the early stages of what you can tell are going to happen. Um, So he's very impulsive and he's kind of all over the place. Um, And he's basically saying we should get on a bus right now and go. I have money. Let's do that. And also, okay, we've established that Holland and I know very little about Canada, but now I know where Toronto is. It's close to here, kind of. (laughs) And I definitely know where British Columbia is because I have a friend who lives in Victoria, which is an island off of Vancouver. That is a long bus ride. That's like days. That's several days long on a bus. Yeah, not great planning, but... While they're at the park, Joey gets home early and Emma's like, oh, fuck. And she tells him that Craig took her to the park. And 
So while Craig and Angela are having their little BC conversation, Joey shows up and he's like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then Angela keeps is like, oh, daddy, oh, we're going to go on a bus. We're going to go to British Columbia. And Craig's like, oh my God, shut up, shut up. And Joey gets freaked out and yells at Craig and is like, stay away. And then Craig goes home. And his dad is like, hey, you're home early. Uh, did you buy a camera? And Craig's like, no, the one I want's too expensive. And he's like, well, I'm a good haggler. We'll go tomorrow and we'll like go out. Until then, like, let's eat some Chinese food, watch some movies. I'm like, what? All right. Um, just like classic, like manipulative abuser type of behavior. And then the phone rings and it's Joey Jeremiah, who, by the way, brief pause, Joey Jeremiah looking good. <laughs> Why do I have such a big crush on Joey Jeremiah? What is happening? Is it because I'm an adult now watching this show? I think that might be it. And I'm never going to have a crush on Snake. But I'm like, <laughs> Joey Jeremiah, what up? Um, So Joey calls and you hear Craig's dad answer and Craig just goes full-blown panic mode. His dad already has a golf club in his hand for no reason. So Craig runs up the stairs. He locks his door. He has three locks on his bedroom door, which, I mean, granted, now seems necessary and reasonable. But also, that's a lot of locks. Who installed those locks? I kind of want to say that Craig probably went out to a hardware store and installed them, which makes me very sad because he's like, no, I need these locks on my door because my dad is crazy. And so he locks himself in his room. He starts packing a bag and he calls up Sean to hang out. And then his dad comes up the stairs and starts like whacking his door with the golf club and like starts like getting a hole through the door and Craig just straight up jumps out his window and goes and meets Sean at the train tracks and they're walking and like and Craig is basically like I'm gonna run away and Sean's like you're gonna end up on the street I know that life it's not good like don't do that you have like a rich dad and he's like no living on the street would be better than going home which is probably true and Sean's like you asked me if my parents ever hit me. Does your dad hit you? And Craig is just not answering the question. Um, and then a train comes and Craig is just like, cool, I'm going to get hit by this train and it's going to be great. He's being real manic and he's like laughing and Sean is like freaking out. He's like, get off of the train tracks, you fucking crazy person. And at the very last minute, he like runs into him and he pushes him off and you just see the skateboard fly in the air. So it's like, I'm sure like the first time people watched it, they were like, oh, somebody thought that Craig just got hit by a train. I don't know how many people did, but I'm sure that there are like five people out <laughs> in the world who were like, did Craig just get hit by a train? He didn't. Um, Sean saved him. And then he's like, and Sean's like, what the fuck? And Craig is like, ha ha, and runs off into the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Craig just runs away. Uh, he laughing maniacally. <laughs> laughing maniacally. And, but he leaves his bag on the tracks with Sean, which I just want to backtrack and say, when, like, the shot when Craig and Sean were just, like, walking along the train tracks with the sun, like, probably about to set, I was like, this is, like, bad boy, like, image of my dreams right now. It was, like, it was perfect. But he leaves his bag and Sean 
Um, I think he sees that there's like money in it and he goes over to Joey Jeremiah's house. He and Emma like team together. They put aside their differences and they're both just very worried about their friend and they talk to Joey and John's like, I don't know where he went. I think his dad beats him. And Joey's like, that is a serious accusation. Like you can't, if you don't know for sure, don't say that. And then Angie's like, oh yeah, he showed me. He showed me that is the dinosaur like hurts him. And then they're like, oh shit. And so Emma stays to watch Angie while Sean and Jer- and Joey go out driving to try to find Craig. And then they realize that he's at the cemetery by his mom's grave. And then it's just like a very emotional scene. It's powerful. And it's like it's lit really beautiful. Like it's all dark and it's like lit really well. It's like very believable. Um, and Craig screams at Sean and he's like, he told you about that. He's a liar. You fucking liar. Bruh, bruh, bruh. And it's like, whoa, you need to calm down. But he's he's like, I mean, I want to say what his thing is, but I feel like just in case I don't want to like give it away yet. But he's 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 got some shit going on um, it just in his brain chemistry, but also in his life. Uh, so he's kind of a mess right now. And Joey handles it super well. He's like, let's talk it out. Like, he's like, you need to, like, let's talk. Come on. It's going to be okay. And then he's like, does your dad hit you? And Craig just stops and he just starts to cry. And he's like, yeah. And he's crying. And it's like, it hurts my soul. I know. And during that whole scene, I was just like, fucking Jake Epstein delivering a powerhouse performance. He's amazing. In his first episode, right off the bat, it's like, okay. Yeah, he can do Craig. And, but yeah, it's just very emotional. He's like breaks down in Joey's arms and it's very sad. And then the next day, he and Joey pull up in front of his house and Joey's like, okay, he knows you're going. You just need to get your stuff and then you're going to come with me. And Craig's like, okay, I need to do this by myself. And he goes inside. And his dad is being all nice and is like, Craig, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to leave. Like, we can work it out. And Craig is just like, Dad, this can go three ways. One of three ways. One, I can go to Children's Aid right now and report you. Two, I can go move in with Joey while we sort this out. Or three, I can stay here and you can continue to beat me. Harsh. Just like, oof. And it like, you feel like you got punched in the stomach a little. And his dad is doing classic abuser behavior. I mean, he's like, first of all, he straight up says, I don't beat you, which is a lie. And then he says, you're breaking my heart. And he's like, you're he's like, just like your mother. And it's it's just so much. It's so much. And it's like, you, oh, it hurts my heart. But Craig stands up for himself and he's like, I'm going to go. I just say I'm going to go. And this is just how it's going to be. And then it ends. It ends while after he packs up Joey's convertible with his stuff and it just ends like they pull out of the driveway. His dad is just standing there and I think it ends with him just like looking back at his dad as he's leaving the house. And it's just so sad and emotional and like such an awful situation. Very emotional. A fucking powerhouse of a first episode. First two episodes. So, damn. 
like, that was great. And let's get into our frivolous segments. Um, <laughs> who's your spirit squad captain? Ah, uh, it's like a tie. Yeah, between Sean and Joey. Yeah, because Sean, like after their little tiffy in the hallway, he and Craig are just like buds right off the bat, and they're like, and when they're hanging out, it's like it seems like they had been like talking with each other and talking about their struggles. And then when Sean sees that his friend is in trouble, he goes straight to Joey. He goes to like the responsible adult. And then from there, Joey takes over. And I mean, throughout the episode, Joey's kind of concerned about Craig and he wants to help him and he wants to see if like maybe he could hang out with him and Angie more, but his dad is just kind of in the way. But once Craig is missing. He goes on full stepdad mode. He like goes out looking for him and then they have the heart to heart. And then he's like, you know what? No, you're going to live with me. We're going to figure this out. So I don't know. I think it's both of them. I will also add Emma to that list because she just spends the whole episode helping and trying her best. I mean, it's not always good because it's not always going to be good, but she does spend the whole episode just like doing everything she can to help Craig and to, like, make him feel more welcome, like, in their circle, at the school, connect him with his sister again. And she is just, like, she teams up with Sean, even though she still hates Sean, um, for the sake of her friend. And she she's, as per usual, pretty exemplary. So that, yeah, I, I think it's, like, a three-way tie. <laughs> so... That's fine. And who is your ship of the episode? I am like, I don't even know. I mean, I, Sema again, right? I was going to say Sean and Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Because even when they first like are in the hallway and like the girls are like, oh, hey, cutie. And then Sean gets this weird look on his face. He's like, hey. But it's like clear like, oh, hey, you're a cool dude. But it also could be read like, oh, hey, yeah, cutie, which I choose to take it that way a little bit. But also just their bromance, their bad boy bromance. Um, that Yeah. Otherwise, like maybe there's like an inkling of Craig, Emma and Craig, Manny, like the beginning of that, like very mini minor love triangle that happens for a second. And then also Craig and Ashley like make eye contact as they walk past each other at one point. And I was like, haha, this is going to happen soon and I am ready for it. So, I mean, I guess a little bit Craig, Ashley. I don't know. I don't have one. I, 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 yeah, Sean and Craig bromance ship is where I'm in, I think. Um, and then the moral of the episode is too much. You're going to start moral. Um, let's like, don't beat your children and you need to go to therapy and you need to be honest and you, when you're in a bad situation, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. I was going to say, find an adult basically is for me. Definitely don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, find a responsible adult, even if you're not sure it's the right thing to do. Like, find, hey, if you're 14 and your dad beats the shit out of you, find a grown-up who isn't your dad. Don't talk to your from-the-other-side-of-the-tracks friend. He can only do so much. (laughs) Like, 
find an adult. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Find like talk to your school counselor or try to talk to somebody you know is like trustworthy and an and a responsible adult. Like in this episode, we didn't really talk about it, but they have their like group therapy session at school that Ms. Kwan is leading. Like Ashley's in it after her ecstasy thing. Craig's in it, I am assuming because his mom passed away fairly recently. Heather Sinclair's in group therapy, guys. Everybody's doing it. It's great. It helps. Don't be afraid to ask for help mentally, emotionally, physically for everything. Do it. Um, but yeah, so that that is season two opener. Um, if you have any questions or comments about anything Degrassi related that you would like us to address, you can tweet at us at Degrassi Pod. We're on uh, Tumblr, whatever it takes podcast at tumblr.com.tumblr.com. And you can email us if you have like a little bit more you want to say at whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kel Sucks with a Z at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Hollandtacular. And you can find us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, it would be awesome if you could rate and leave a review and subscribe if you want to. It would make us very happy. Um, and as for plugging something else to spread along the good word, um, I think I'm going to plug... Blink-182's new single that they just released. Um, it's called Bored to Death. It makes my middle school heart swoon very on theme for talking about Degrassi, the next generation. And everyone should listen to it, and I'm kind of excited about it. And I'm going to plug another podcast uh, called Alice Isn't Dead. Uh, it's really good. It's made by the people from Night Vale. Um, it is weird and dark and surreal, um, and I can't really explain it any other way. Just listen, I guess. it's It'll fuck your life up in a good way. That sounds very intriguing, and now I want to download it. But I think that's everything that we have for this episode, but tune in next time, and I think... We'll just explore even more characters and new characters that will come with season two. Bye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers. Mm -hmm.